0: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek, and Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars, but what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July, They Shouldn't Have Killed This Dog, The Complete Uncensored, Ass-Kicking Oral History of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the New Age of Action, coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trespert. I thought it was a classic femme fatale. Just so much fun. Like that Shakespearean lace in your acting.
1: I said, Gene, what do you want from this character? I want you to, to take the character and make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time on the film. On day one, the movie was already $15 million over budget. We started this movie without an ending. That's like painting yourself into a corner.
0: I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek captain on our show.
2: Being, as you said, number one on the call sheet, it is a producer's position if you're going to take it seriously. I was so glad they didn't cast me as Lorca.
0: You famously wrote that script in 12 days. On one level, I wrote the script. And on another level, the story was written by everybody and sure. his brother. New episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or download the Electric Now app. Keep on trekking, Ingloriously, of course. Inglorious Sports, the only podcast for fans with a life, is available every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and this is The 430 Movie. And it's mooning over Audrey Week, a week of Audrey Hepburn films. And here to moon the most, that doesn't sound right at all, is uh, Mr. Monday, Steve Melching.
3: I can't wait to dive into the career of the luminous Audrey Hepburn.
0: On Tuesday, Darren R.
3: Doctorman.
0: The R stands for hooray. No. <laughs> And on Wednesday... (laughs) (laughs) Really big shoe. It's not... The A is not for Audrey. It's Ashley Edward Miller. Mooning
4: Audrey Hepburn is wrong, and it shouldn't be done.
0: And, of course, on Thursday, it's me, Mark A. Altman. Welcome to another Fantasy Theme Week. This week, it's devoted to the films of Audrey Hepburn. And I have to say... It's, it's, you know, I'm going to date myself a little, you know, back in high school, everyone had posters of Farrah Fawcett majors, but then they got classy in college. <laughs> they all had, especially the girls, all had Audrey Hepburn posters in their dorm rooms. You know, I, I probably had Shatner. I don't know. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart. But they were everybody, you everywhere you went. I remember even at Ikea. Everything was like, you know, oh, it was I think people had no idea who she was, but they're like, oh, I'll get that. That looks like something that would look good in my dorm room. Anyway, now it's Taylor Swift and Megan the Stallion. But back then it was Audrey Hepburn and we love Audrey. And uh, we've done a couple of these uh, these uh, weeks devoted to actors. And uh, after the the great thespians, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, we decided it was time to cleanse the palate, I guess. Um, Everyone should
1: be happy to know that I do not have an Audrey Hepburn impersonation.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, I don't know if we should go ahead with the show then.
3: Really, I don't. But I'm I, sure Darren can do impressions of several of her co-stars.
0: I'm sure you could do Mickey Rooney. My, oh <laughs> well, no, <laughs> you're not my, going my, to. My accent is actually very rusty. <laughs> her accent
4: is actually very interesting because that the um, that mid-Atlantic accent is something that you have to learn. Um, yeah. it was it was trained. Um, it yeah. wasn't anything that ever actually existed. Uh, in nature, in the wild, which is why
0: well, it's, it's I think away. Logan
1: Ramsey would disagree with you.
0: Steve, <laughs> <laughs> why was she so unique? Because of course, you know the the great comedic actresses like Carol Lombard, you know, and Catherine Hepburn, who also obviously was great in drama, and then you had the, the luminous you know sex pots like Rita Hayworth and, and and Lana Turner. you know, Audrey Hepburn was sophisticated, she was classy. She was, you know, she, she, she projected uh, an innocence and also an intelligence, radiated intelligence. And just, just, and really, you know, as I'm sure we get into it, I'm very diverse. Uh, She could do comedy. She could do drama. She could do melodrama, you know, um, romance, a thriller. I mean, it's really amazing. And, you know, for people, maybe some of the younger listeners who aren't familiar with the oeuvre, hopefully they will seek out some of these films at the end of the show. When we air them on the 430 movie. But uh, Steve, tell, tell us a little bit about uh Audrey Hepburn.
3: Well, uh Audrey Hepburn was someone who is uh classically trained. She was born in 1929, uh in Brussels and grew up in uh, Belgium, England, and the Netherlands. And um she uh she helped the Dutch resistance during World War II. She helped raise money by putting on shows um that, that would raise money for uh for anti, you know, for for anti-Nazi causes, basically, to, to expel the Nazis from Europe during the war. And Real denazification, <laughs> yes. not, not fake denazification. <laughs> but she uh, she came up as a dancer, a ballet dancer and a singer, and, uh, and started training as an actress. Uh, she moved to, uh, London where, um, she started getting cast in small roles on the BBC, uh, until she was, uh, discovered one day and cast in the Broadway, uh, version of Gigi that ended up being a massive success on Broadway and on tour. And, uh, Uh, The great William Wyler, the director William Wyler saw her in that and cast her in her first major motion picture role, which I'm sure we'll discuss um, because she doesn't have a huge filmography, but she has a lot of classics in it yeah. she chose her projects for pound, very carefully. she
0: chose wisely yeah much like uh indiana jones in the last crusade uh she chose wisely and a uh, lot a lot of classics which we'll find we'll,
3: we'll find out um, she, she also became something of a fashion icon uh, to quote uh to quote one of our favorite festival directors at telluride peter sellers she is
0: fashion <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> I remember when the late Peter Sellers, of course, we're not talking about Dr. Strangelove. We're actually talking about the opera director, Peter Sellers. Um, but he said that at Telluride, uh, at least for us, rather infamously. Uh, she he was speaking fashion.
3: about uh, what Catherine Deneuve was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it equally applies to Audrey Hepburn, who has, as you said earlier, that this sort of warmth, this intelligence, uh, and this sort of uh, waifishness. Uh, she was just a really appealing screen personality.
0: Yeah, the other she thing... Had, oh, sorry, go ahead, Darren. She had the look of a knowledgeable innocent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the thing I, I love about her, like, uh, uh, you know, that makes her even greater. It was the same thing Roger Moore had. You know, very active a in Walter UNICEF and in... Ch- yeah, she carried a Walther PPK around with her. <laughs> they were very... <laughs> they were very, they were very active. You know, with UNICEF and with charities, and and um, uh, you know, both were I think spokespeople for uh the um, uh, UNICEF, and uh, that was that was great because they took their fame and used it, you know, for a very important, you know, important cause. So that that was even better. And in fact, lo, you know, later in her life, where she, for all intents and purposes, was retired, was pretty much devoted to um, uh, you know, her, her charitable causes. Um, And then, you know, she came back and did one last film, which I don't think will be on our list. But who knows? So I'm not going to mention it. Um, And uh, and but it was really a remarkable career. And we're going to talk about that remarkable career right now. Uh, As always, we're going to start on Monday with Steve Melching with his pick for mooning over Hepburn week.
3: (laughs) Uh, My Audrey Hepburn pick is perhaps a movie that's a little atypical. For her, it's um, more of a, a late career uh, film for her when she was uh, maybe experimenting a bit more with, with her roles. And it's, it was more of an ensemble piece, but uh, I think a really interesting film. And it's from 1976, Robin and Marion.
2: For over six centuries, the legend of Robin Hood and Maid Marion has inspired hundreds of ballads, books, operas, plays and movies. And now, the legend becomes a love story. Columbia Pictures presents Sean Connery and Audrey Hepburn in Robin and Marian.
5: Go fight the sheriffs and the kings. I love you and you make me proud. I thought the man was dead. He's back in Sherwood. Robin is back in Sherwood, I said.
2: "Here to serve you, Robin. And fight against that king. They're flocking to him in hundreds. He's become a legend. Have you ever tried to fight a legend? To some, he was a hero who would bring them hope. To some, he was a common thief to be hunted down. To some, he was an enemy to be respected and feared. To Marion, the woman he loved, he was her man. You're so beautiful. Come and sit by me. Sean Connery is Robin Hood, Robert Shaw is the Sheriff of Nottingham, Nicole Williamson is Little John, Richard Harris is Richard the Lionheart, and in her long-awaited return to the screen, Audrey Hepburn is Marion. No more scars, Robin.
5: It's too much to lose you twice.
2: I've never kissed a member of the clergy. Would it be a sin?
5: I'll meet you back at camp. Don't go. I just want to look. See who's hunting me. King was generous. He sends a message. He wants Robin's head. Or oh mine. He can sit out there forever. He can't put a forest under siege. Will? Well, that's how I see it. If he comes in, we've got it. Chuck. We stay here. The man's mad. You haven't asked what I think.
2: He's out there, Marion. He expects me.
5: I think one mad man's enough.
2: I knew you'd come. Of all men. Just for you. I no, no. This is the return of the spectacle and glory of another age. Of heroes who are bigger than life. And villains who are more than evil. The return of a great star. Audrey Hepburn. But most of all, Robin and Marion is the return of romance. I love you, son flesh or oh joy one more day for robin and marion love is the greatest adventure of all
5: i love
3: you more than god mm. uh, co-starring mm. with fire steve. <laughs> I mean, that's a
4: great pick steve
3: <laughs> it was directed by richard lester who we all know as a director of the hard a hard day's night and help and of course uh uh Superman. The inferior two. version
0: of Superman 2
3: <laughs> Superman, Superman. Uh, It was written This was interesting, I didn't realize this It was written by James Goldman Who also wrote The Lion in Winter, another terrific film Right. Brother of William Goldman Right I did not know that until So he's, I, he's kind of he the, loves the Jim Belushi <laughs> of the Goldman family <laughs> Oh, that's mean
4: We should do Uh, Goldman week He's the Randy Quake He's he's Goldman
3: Goldman.
4: (laughs) 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 The writer
3: with the uh, the golden touch touch. (laughs) For those of you Our listeners who haven't heard of this movie Robin and Marion refers to Robin Hood and Maid Marion And uh, it stars co-stars Sean Connery uh, As Robin Hood Uh, Here's your chance uh, Darren
1: I'm not gonna do Any damn voices for you (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> Audrey Hepburn plays uh, Maid Marian uh, Robert Shaw uh, plays the uh, Sheriff of Nottingham uh, Nicole Williamson uh, plays Little John uh, Richard Harris plays Richard the Lionheart Denim Elliott plays Will Scarlett and Ian Holm plays King John so it's got this terrific cast of British actors uh, British superstars uh, the score was done by the great John Barry who we all know, and so it, it was a kind of a reunion of sorts. So you have Sean Connery re-teaming with his co-star from, from Russia with Love, Robert Shaw, and also with um, uh, John Barry, who, of course, did a lot of music for the Bond films. The train fight in the film seemed a little bit out of place. Though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and when oh he kept my. calling, you know, Audrey Hepburn old man, that made no yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But your traps and smirsh call each other.
3: <laughs> and the director of photography is a beautifully shot film. Uh it was David Watkin, who also did Out of Africa, Chariots of Fire, uh, The Devils, and uh, Return to Oz. And what I thought was really interesting about this movie, uh, is that it's kind of an early example of postmodern film. And what I mean by that is it's uh it's uh, postmodernism is in film is 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 hallmarked by things like homage and and uh pastiche uh, and a sort of meta self-reflexivity that kind of relies on an audience's knowledge of the material and so here you have a film that focuses on uh that that's become kind of a common uh, kind of a staple of storytelling in the years since where you 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 take iconic characters that you all know very well from uh you know from from classic stories and put them in a different Time period in their lives thank and you in, professor <laughs> and in this, wow. case, in this in this time in this in this case you have you know you're picking up Robin Hood and Nate Marian when they're in their late 40s and uh, Robin Hood is returning uh, returns to England after spending 20 years uh, fighting for Richard the Lionheart in the Crusades and, and later in France and uh, he, he he returns back to uh, Sherwood Forest and reunites with some of his old gang, with Little John and, and Friar Tuck and the gang. And it feels so good. <laughs> and, and it's it's fun to see, you know, here, here are these guys that you'd seen in many other films over the years, swinging from vines and trees and jumping on horses and, and doing all kinds of sword fighting heroics. And they're kind of these, these late middle age guys that are, you know, they're a little creaky. They get winded when they fight. And and have, sounds you know, familiar run. Yeah, they're 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 stiff. <laughs> imagine uh, if they
4: had a podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I they don't just, think they need to imagine. <laughs> and they, they sort of uh, realize that you, you can go home again, but you can't go home again. Like yeah. things have changed. And uh, but some things didn't change because Robin is still very much in love with Maid Marian. Uh, he discovers that she's still alive and uh, seeks her out. And she is surprised to see that he's still alive. And uh, Gordon's alive. (laughs) The relationship goes from there. And of course, the old rivalry returns when of course the Sheriff of Nottingham, their old foe is also still alive uh, under the reign of a new King, the the bad King John, who um, is is looking to to clamp down on their shenanigans. So um, it's- He's the Dean Wormer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> totally like warmer. <laughs> L- listening to your professorial uh, treatise I was thinking we should have on the show we should have uh, the Professor Kingsfield movie minute where where Professor Kingfield gives us a little <laughs> tutorial it's like he, he no longer teaches law he's now teaching film and he can give us a little bit of uh, 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 you know um, uh, uh, professorial insight into, uh, into a movie what do you think hey. of that Darren? I
1: think that's an atrocious idea. And I think that you're not going to do very well here. (laughs) You watch the films yourself, but we train your mind. You come here with your skulls full of mush, and you leave thinking
0: like a critic.
3: <laughs> it stinks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great way to start us off, Robin and Marian. And unexpected, I would say it, was, it so wasn't exactly. unexpected by me
1: because it was my choice. <laughs> but oh, yeah, oh, oh. it was my
4: choice.
0: Why is, is that right? Why don't you just do Robin and Marian week and go home. <laughs> you know, can I tell you something? Was I, this week? I'm going to be no. I'm going to be Steve Melching this week. I've never seen it how I need to see it. I, I mean, after hearing, well, first of all, the fact that all three of you have seen it, and I haven't seen it. There's something seriously wrong with that. But yeah, secondly, after hearing a, a Steve talk about it, I'm dive I'm, every. I love everything about it. Yeah, it uh, used a lot uh, of very expensive
3: it's, words. It's streamable. I believe it's on HBO it Max. I will. Uh, I will
0: absolutely. Uh, I will absolutely either buy it on iTunes or watch it like on HBO Max rent. It's the iTunes. one that
1: doesn't have Bugs Bunny in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't have much funny in it.
3: Um, no, I mean, it's, I, it's a movie that I saw back in my college days because mm. I'd, I'd read about it uh, back in the '80s, and uh, I, I seem to recall somebody comparing Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns to Robin mm-hmm. and Marian, the idea of Batman, a middle-aged Batman or an older Batman well, coming back.
1: I, I think that Dark Knight Returns probably took some
3: leaves from that. Oh, absolutely. Stuff. Sure. That's, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. It was inspired yes. by Robin and Marion. Yeah. Uh, and so I, 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 watched it on VHS and, you know, as a, whatever, 20 year old kid, I, I liked it, but I didn't relate to it the way mm. I related to it as uh, revisiting it as a, as a middle age. Now that you know what it's
4: like to kind yeah. of, yeah. you know, <laughs> have to huff and puff a
3: little bit when you run and, you know, get now into that, a sword fight with the dude. <laughs> now that I make a sound every time I stand up,
0: yeah <laughs> that's another week <laughs> movies that we revisited that we didn't love when we were younger but, but yeah, that we have more appreciation for now yeah how are we going to fit that onto the market it's called 430 movie 2 the return
4: don't call it the best of the 430 movie or somebody's going to think it's a
0: right like, it's a re. Yeah, but man oh my god the week after that batman episode we did was huge huge and um by the way, did you see that wonderful mashup this week where yes. they took the Batman trailer and put Adam West in it? Yeah, Corridor so. Visual Effects
1: did one of their uh, YouTube uh, posts, and uh, it's amazing. They, it's uh, so
3: much fun. They put
1: Adam West into the Batman trailer, and it's oh uh, a lot of fun. I want to deal some of the
3: lazy, some of the lazy snark about uh, Adam West and Batman, but oh yeah, no, no totally. The
1: the, the the millennial hordes really jumped on this one, uh, and it's uh, you know it's expected but uh, still disappointing. Yeah,
0: people don't realize that the, the brilliance of the satire in uh, the, you know and the performance by everyone in that is such it was working at such a high level. Yeah. But you know, now you know it's just oh dismiss it it's super goofy and campy but you know without realizing the genius that was that well, that show. They'll, um they'll find out when they have kids. <laughs> But um, it's really great. If you haven't seen it, it's about 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like a full meal. And uh, <laughs> it's it's really fun. And the reveal of the Riddler is just fantastic. It's, it, yeah. Look, the reveal of everything is fantastic. Yeah, the penguin, the whole car <laughs> chase, and the
1: way they integrated the Batmobile. Batmobile. Yeah. The original oh, yeah. 66 Batmobile making its appearance <laughs> is
0: so cool. Have you seen this yeah. yet, Ashley? I haven't. I'm very oh excited. Oh, my God. There. You got It's on see the it. internet. Okay. Yeah, you you've heard Is of it. That, streamable right? on the interwebs? <laughs> yeah, it's really Canine, good. By the way, right after Robin and Mary and
1: Adam I forgot West. to mention,
0: I don't know how I forgot to mention this when we did 420 week. I, I didn't mention in college, you know, my roommate, freshman and sophomore year, was the biggest stoner. He <laughs> because he was um he was from California. Of course, I was going to school in Boston, but he he had come from San Clemente, California. It was like this surfer dude, beach bum guy. And he was this huge, I mean, it was like, boy, talk about oil and water, but we got along great. But man, he was like, he was like Spicoli. He literally was like Spicoli. And I listened to that episode. I'm like, how did I not mention uh, this guy? Anyway, Maybe
1: you were blocking it out of your
0: mind. I I might have been. I might have been. So, okay, Robin and Marion is Steve's pick for Monday, which brings us to Tuesday. Now, Darren's going to have to do a little dancing because as we just heard, Robin and Marion was his pick for Tuesday. So watch it again. That's true.
1: But I'm good at dancing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm juggling a couple of them because, of course, there's there are many selections that you could have. I think I'm going to go with the uh, Darren classic and go for the musical from 1964, George Cukor directing My Fair Lady. You see this creature with her curbstone English that'll keep her in the gutter till the end of her days?
6: Yeah, what's that you say?
5: In six months, I'll make a duchess of this gutter snipe. You expect me to get into that? How do you do? How do you do? So you came here to rescue her from worse than death, eh? are, Elorza. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. I think she's got it. I could have danced all night.
6: I could have danced all night. I could have danced. All night.
4: starring
1: Audrey Hepburn, Rex Harrison and uh, a cast of 1000 cockney singers. Uh it's uh you know, look, if you like musicals, you will love this. If you don't like musicals, uh you'll probably uh be a little out of sorts, but give it a chance cuz it's it's uh, it's certainly one of the biggest sort of uh Broadway-based musical extravaganzas that, uh, Hollywood offered. Um, it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's very stagey in terms of when you watch it, it's like watching the stage play. It doesn't really go out of bounds, uh, of something that could be done on a stage. Uh, but, uh, an interesting note is that they recorded most of certainly Rex Harrison's, uh, live, uh, talk singing, uh, live on set. He had a, a microphone hidden in his, uh, suit and they recorded it live, which gives it a, an immediacy, which is really cool. Mm. And, uh, when you watch it, you will see that, um, he couldn't have dubbed that. <laughs> he couldn't have dubbed that to live playback. Um, so the- I prefer him in Dr. Doolittle. Don't. Oh, my I goodness. Don't. I, I no, don't. you don't. I don't. No one, no one does. <laughs> uh, of course, My Fair Lady is the story of uh, Eliza Doolittle, who is a uh, street uh, urchin, basically a flower girl who uh, lives life basically on the streets in the uh, uh, lower sections of London. And uh, she uh, comes into the view of uh, Professor Henry Higgins, who is a linguist and a uh, professor obviously, because that's what they call him, Professor Henry. So he's it's kind of, of a, no, Ashley, don't say it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, he's not like that. I mean, he certainly doesn't start out that way. Uh, she's uh, more of a, of a a, cur- a curiosity to him. Um, and he literally wants to see if he can pass her off as a society lady. And he has a bet with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Buck Rogers,
4: uh, uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Theopolis? No, Killed no. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, from the Dr. Ewer. No. Oh, uh, my boy. T- yeah. Wilfred yeah, Hyde White. Wilfred Hyde White. Yeah, Wilfred Hyde White. <laughs> uh playing Colonel Pickering. They have a gentleman's bet. Uh it's uh it's kind of like uh trading places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh Without Jamie Lee and- Curtis. Right. One. And and but we're <laughs> is playing Jamie Lee Curtis without any topless scenes. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's fine, because, look, the uh, the musical is by uh, Lerner and Lowe and uh, so many uh, recognizable tunes. You may not know them offhand, but you'll certainly recognize your parents listening to them, perhaps, or even your great grandparents, perhaps.
0: I don't know. Yeah, but, I think uh, My Fair Lady would have been a lot better without the music. Oh, wait, that's Pygmalion. Yeah, that's... And and that's a Woody Allen joke, and I know it is. Good for you.
1: Good for you. I'm I'm working on uh, getting the rights to uh, My Fair Lady and taking out all the music and turning it back into Pygmalion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or the sequel, Pygmalions. Um,
0: (laughs) Bravo. Bravo, Darren. (laughs) But...
1: uh, Look, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. We actually uh, performed My Fair Lady in high school and I was in the pit an orchestra. Interest. The the lead was an address, yes. Oh, okay. uh, I thought you were I wasn't. You didn't play um, Eliza Doolittle. I did not. Okay. Um, you played all the but parts. I, I played the E flat clarinet. Uh <laughs> and it was it was a lot of fun. The music is great, and uh, the uh, the the movie is pretty good. I mean, if in terms of a Adaptation of a stage musical, um, it's pretty good. It's not the greatest, but it certainly is lavish, and, and that's they, Muhammad Ali. they spared they spared no expense. <laughs> Warner Brothers Warner Brothers uh, really uh, put their all into this one. So, um, and of course, Audrey Hepburn did not sing for herself in this. She was uh, dubbed by uh, the famous uh, secret singer Marnie Nixon. Uh, Marnie Nixon? Uh, no, oh. <laughs> different one. <laughs> I got the mustard uh, and, out you got Richard the mustard Nixon. Richard yeah she was dubbed by Richard Nixon <laughs> <laughs> I could have
2: danced all night uh,
1: <laughs> but it's uh look it's uh it's one of those things that uh, you're either gonna love it or you're not gonna like it so uh try it it's fun <laughs> that's great I'm still available
0: on 4k now Smoke too this. uh was recently put I think out on so. yes, recently. 4k um yeah, look, that's a great pick, and I'm so glad. You know, we have to have uh, at least one of her musicals represented, of course, yeah. because um, these were huge films in the '60s, um, big successes, love for the studio. And this was at a time where you know big musicals like *Sound of Music* could make a studio, whereas you know some of the failures could destroy a studio. And yeah. we saw it with Fox um, Hello, with their Dolly. bad run and *Hello Dolly* and and uh, a Bunch of other the pink, Hello, pink Dolly, goodbye fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> goodbye, Century City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh a really, really great choice. It's probably her best musical. I mean, some would say funny face, but um, I think, yeah, I think no, this one, is this is better than funny yeah, face, yeah. I think so too.
3: I'm I'm not a particular fan of musicals, but I do like this one. And mm. the the, the cast is great. She and Rex Harrison are great in it in this in this Pygmalion story, and um uh, it, it is a long movie though. Maybe yes it is. It's almost 3 hours long. Um, yeah. maybe a bit too long, but uh, it yeah, and the third burns. act where like
4: she has to save everybody from the flood inside the arena. I no, the third was- act
0: where she has to go to Sicily after <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Steve, now you got to go. Sorry. And Steve. the Come on, third act o- in the third act. In the third act. Come on, Steve. What? It's your turn. When she sells the frog's legs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh
6: Kermie. <Okay. Kirby. laughs> oh,
0: whoa. <laughs> oh, the Muppet, my fair lady. Oh, All yeah. the rain yeah. in Spain falls mainly under the rainbow connection. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I
3: I, you know, I just realized I forgot to mention in our, uh, our the intro of Audrey Hepburn. She is an EGOT winner. Yes, she Is has she won really? the, the, the Emmy, the, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the uh, Tony. Oh, oh, I didn't wow. know that. That's interesting, one of One of only a handful of people that have accomplished that feat.
0: So if you don't win the
4: Tony, are you just the ego winner?
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. And if you don't win the
4: Emmy, you just got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you win the Tony, the Oscar, and the Emmy. Are you the toe winner? Yes, you are. Okay. On that note, what a great pick for Tuesday from Darren and the classic musical *My Fair Lady*. Um, is there an intermission? I don't remember. Uh, I think there is. Yeah, there must be at that. I think at there that is, month. but well, I don't know. Like it, that's what the Run P app is for. It, well, back then they didn't have the Run P app. That's too bad. No, you just exactly peed the in the seats, <laughs> and we liked it that way. They gave you a dime. Call your mother. Okay, so um, that brings us to Wednesday. And Ashley Edward Miller. And this should be interesting because, as you know, Wednesday is a notoriously surprising, offbeat, strange day, usually, in the hands of Mr. Miller. And uh, we'll see what he comes up with. Well, I'm in a bit of a pickle. Because, you know, a couple of weeks ago,
4: Tuesday was Wednesday. This week, Monday is Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> which is um just fine. Um Monday is Wednesday <laughs> on the 430 movie. Um and uh yeah, I uh I will say that um look, she's she is amazing in literally everything that she does, right? It's like you look at her filmography, you throw a dart, um, and if she's in it, no matter what else you think of the movie. Uh, you will find her incredible, or as we like to say on this podcast, luminous. Um, it will it's be a worth different kind of luminous.
0: It's yes. a real luminous. We've made turn luminous into a joke and a kind of punchline for every. But she's real, but she's really luminous. She is. You know, when
4: we talk about somebody being a star, th- that's what we mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because her her charisma is just. It's an eleven. It's just an eleven. Um, and and she is so credible um, in almost anything she does, almost any genre. Um, although obviously, like you know, we most associate her with you know with romantic stories, and for really good reasons. But she's you know she's she's just a great great actress. Um, here's my my problem. So I. I I know there is no chance I'm going to step on Mark because I know with metaphysical certitude, yeah, you do. Mark As is going to, to on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I, I think
1: with a few times,
0: you it's know. written down in front of me. Yeah, yeah, We should all say it in unison, like in yeah. stereo, when and I won't even up. try and like pull a fast one because I literally <laughs> cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be impossible. Um, which leaves me uh, with
4: with two choices. Um, but you know what? This is of course our, God damn it. This is our fifth season.
0: Yeah. It's is our fifth right? season.
4: Our fifth season where like everything is back on the table. Everything's uh, back baby. And uh, I want to go back to a pick that I made a few years ago, a few seasons back. And Good choice. Uh, I, I, I made it almost off the cuff, uh, to, uh, to, to undo, another pick. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure that I, I gave this pick quite the, the love uh, that it deserves, nor the, the adoration that I have for it in my heart. For Love um, Story Week. Yeah, exactly. It was for Love Story Week. I, I, and I, I replaced my original pick of The Empire Strikes Back with, with this. Um, Blake Edwards, 1961, uh, based on a novella by Truman Capote, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's.
5: If I could find a real-life place like Tiffany's, then I'd buy some furniture and give the cat a name.
2: Tiffany's? You mean the jewelry store?
5: Don't you just love it? Love what? Tiffany's! I do believe love is found Andy Hardy. I'd marry you for your money in a minute. You marry me for my money? In a minute.
6: Two drifters off to see the world. There's such yeah. a lot of world
5: to see. People don't belong to people. I'm not going to let anyone put me in a cage. I don't want to put you in a cage. I want to love you. Hi. Hi. What you doing? <laughs>
4: Um, this is a movie that I have to say, like, in all honesty, took me completely by surprise. Um, I, I saw it, uh, for the first time at exactly the right point in my life. And by that, I mean, I was a grown ass man. Um, you know, I, I, wasn't, I didn't know you were an ass man. I know I'm an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wasn't like. You know, I didn't accidentally see it, like, on TV with, like, my parents. Oh, what is that? I didn't watch it when I was college in college trying to figure out, oh, okay, now I'm being a, sort of an erudite, like, pseudo-intellectual. Fuck it. You know, I, I saw it because I wanted to go see it. Um, and mm-hmm. I saw it in the best possible way. Um, you know, AFI kind of doing one of their their revivals. So I got to see it on the big screen. I got to see her. Um, I got to experience it the way that it was it was meant to be experienced as a film in the theater, no run p app um, none of that. Um, it's just this first of all, first and foremost it's a, it's an amazing, beautiful, funny, sad um, but ultimately kind of very uplifting in a bittersweet way story um, it's about People, George Papard is in this. And you'll remember him. He's, you know, he's <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. The real reason you <laughs> saw the movie, you were a George Hannibal fan.
0: <laughs> and you heard George <laughs> Papard was in it and you had to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I knew George But hey, he loves like, EG, it when a plan comes PA, together. It's the same reason you saw DC Cab. That's, that's because,
4: <laughs> because, <laughs> because PA is in it. i pity oh. the fool. Um, George Papard is in it. He's her co-star. Uh, but it's about people trying to be something different from what they're afraid that they are and continually disappointing themselves. But in the end, discovering that that person that they've been lying to has been telling a lot of the same lies um, all along. And and the things that we find out about Holly Golightly, who is one of the great film characters, in my opinion, um, in one of my favorite films of all time, um, it's just, she's just a marvelously drawing character uh, in, in every way. The, the dialogue in this movie is perfect. The comic timing in this movie is perfect. Um, the costuming, everything. Like there, there's nothing that I look at this and I'm like, mm, you know, they like, they, they didn't bring their A game on that or this or whatever. I mean, you really? know, sur- nothing. There's nothing. There, you know, there are people who I think will go, well, there is one thing. There is one yeah. thing that I think, like, does not quite stand the test of time. Um, and certainly you couldn't do it today uh, is, uh, is Mickey Rooney. Yeah. But. Uh, I mean, but, even then it was appalling. Yeah. No, no, 100%. That that part is. But what I kind of, like, mentally... You, uh, you blocked that off and its that own part out, right? Because, because you, have to, is,
0: you have right? to, I mean, anyone who doesn't go to see this movie because they're offended by Mickey Rooney is stupid. Uh, they're, is, yeah. I mean, they're missing <laughs> out. I well, mean, let's be honest. And, and We should it, say offended what role Mickey Rooney is playing and how well, he's playing it. The reality right. is if it, made, if it was made this year, of course, it would be unacceptable right. so. yeah. and deservedly so. And nobody but, would do it. But nobody would do it, right? Uh, but um, but the fact is, you know, this was made nineteen sixty one, when this kind of thing was, you know, commonplace, and um, it doesn't it, it dismiss. You know, it it, it doesn't just you can't dismiss this brilliant, wonderful gem of a film because of this casting. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you just can't.
4: No, you can't. It's just. You have to go into this, um, honestly, like you don't have to go into this with anything except just the expectation that you, the time that you spend will be well spent, um, that you can trust these actors led by this director saying these words um, to, to to emotionally transport you and have an impact on you and make you feel um, differently honestly uh, about yourself than you did before you sat down um, You know, to to watch it for the first time. So if you have not seen it yet, I envy you because hopefully you're listening to me, listening to us and you're going to find it. It will be easy to find uh, and you're going to watch it and you're going to tweet back, holy crap, thank you.
1: Has you know, that greatest
0: score from Henry Mancini. Oh Henry Mancini's score
1: yeah. is awesome. Well, but did you know that Moon River was wider than a mile? That's, that's pretty wide. <laughs> that's a pretty damn wide. Did you wide. know
0: <laughs> Moon River was there until September 13th, 1999? And it was gone. That's right. <laughs> that's and right. It until was just, it was blown out just of River. <laughs> 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 but uh, the fact of the matter is, this is a, a remarkable, wonderful, charming. Incredible movie made during that you know the height of the still the Hayes Code was still um, the you know production code was still a thing. So when you really think about it, it's it's, it's pretty amazing that this got made. You know, based on the, the story book by Truman itself, Capote,
1: the story itself is so timely to now that it's unbelievable. Mm. Because uh, you know, a lot of uh, people who are leading these lifestyles are very out in the open now, and it is big time. Yeah,
0: you so, could do it. Remake it with influencers you could totally and Instagram do it right now. model yep. and all that kind of stuff. But you would, you just wouldn't cast Mickey Rooney as yeah. uh, you know, with yeah. Buck Dean. Maybe because... doing Joseph Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it would, would totally work and totally yeah. feel relevant, current, absolutely. And that opening shot on Fifth oh. Avenue, of her coming home, doing the walk of shame, the <laughs> best uh, a breakfast, a breakfast uh, Tiffany's. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Yes. It's go- isn't it? Robert Sertiz who shot it. I forget who shot it. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I, I might know. be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Actually, Franz, but, but Franz, Franz Planer. Franz, Franz Planer. Okay. Well, there you go. But it's it's um it's gorgeously shot. And and we're deliberately not giving you the specifics of the plot and the characters
4: because you need to find that out That's on right. your own when you watch That's the right. film. Yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's wonderful. It just yeah, it's it's so worth it. Um uh, spoiler alert, uh she's not a ghost, but that's the only thing we're going to say.
0: <laughs> she's a man baby. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I I
3: I will know happening in her mind. I should Go note ahead. that Franz Planer, the director of photography, was actually uh, the DP on several of her films, which leads mm. you to believe that she had a hand in electing mm-hmm. him because he made her look great on screen. And she
0: always looked great. I mean, she was always yeah. so sophisticated and, uh, uh, you know, um, just brilliantly photographed. Um, great pick. And, you know, it redeems that. <laughs> I'll never forget that love story. You picked fire Strikes Back and you finally at the last second Changed it to breakfast, <laughs> Tiffany's. As well, you should. Um, but I'm still waiting for Darren to change Return of the Jedi from 420 week. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Stand by that. <laughs> but uh, what a great, what a great pick. Which brings us to Thursday, and you know it's funny because you know you picked um, sort of a meta movie with Steve on Monday. You picked a, you know one of her classic musicals, you know, and then uh, you know Ashley picked. One of her great, I don't even know if I call it a romantic comedy. It's not really a romantic comedy. Even her romantic comedies had a lot more going on. You can't trivialize them by calling them romantic comedy. And, and I have to say, you know, I'm a huge, huge Billy Wilder fan. So I came, and Bogart fan, and William Holden fan. So I came very close to, 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 to not going with the expected pick and picking Sabrina. I'm also a fan and I'm not going to say what it is we'll talk about it on Friday of what Steve alluded to her first breakthrough film which is also a marvel which is on par with breakfast at Tiffany's mm-hmm. in terms of just being this incredible romance um, but we all know what I'm going to pick because it is growing up probably it was my favorite movie of all time uh, <laughs> I eat alternated with north by Northwest and yeah, so look at the cameras and, and I don't know if you can see
4: this or not, but there's my wiki (laughs) Yeah, and of course, of course I'm going to (laughs) picture it. Do we know each other? Why, do
5: you think we're going to? I don't know. How would I know? Because I already know an awful lot of people, and until one of them dies, I couldn't possibly meet anyone else. Well, if anyone goes on the critical list, let me know. Mm. As you can see, she was in serious trouble. But she still found time to enjoy herself. Mrs. Lampert, any morning now, you could wake up dead. Of course, she never had as much fun as her husband. Now, he knew how to relax. You see, it all began when he got off the train. Now, there's a relaxed husband. And well, he's probably think I killed him. Instant divorce, you mean? From then on, her life was one round of enjoyment. Entertainment, ah! enchantment, ah! Ah! what are you doing in here?
6: I'm having a nervous breakdown.
5: But well, her life wasn't always that gay. There were times when she was in dire jeopardy. Hasn't it occurred to you that I'm having a tough time keeping my hands off you? Oh, you should see your face. What's the matter?
0: Love that because I love charade. I love ah, yeah. it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Has two of my favorite actors of all time the great Cary Grant, the great Walter Bathout, the great Audrey Hepburn. Um, you know, and it, 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 she basically, as, as those who may remember, is has, her estranged husband is killed and disappears, returning to Paris. And now, uh, uh the great James Coburn <laughs> comes uh, these three mysterious strangers come uh looking because they think that she knows where this fortune in money is and uh, the fbi approaches her and needs their help uh her help to from uh, the director of, of seven everything. brides for seven well, brothers yeah i mean stanley <laughs> donan uh who directed with gene kelly singing in the rain who also uh replaced john barry as the director of saturn three <laughs> um but this is his uh this and and, and obviously uh uh, sitting in the Rain or his his Triumphs. A lot of people have made the mistake of thinking this movie was directed by Hitchcock because it's such a suspenseful nail-biter and Cary Grant stars in it. It's not a Hitchcock film, but it's no. not wrong to say it's the greatest a uh, thriller uh, <laughs> ever,
4: ever made. That's so well- it can also be picked for I Can't Believe It's Not Hitch Week. Uh,
1: that's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's right. I Can't Believe It's Not Hitch- It also has a great twist ending, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to ruin here. Another great Henry Mancini score. Mm-hmm. And um, Audrey sure. Hepburn, is, Henry
4: Mancini score.
0: Well, not Life Force. Life Force is great. Best thing about yeah. the movie is his score for that. Um, yeah, there've been bad Henry Mancini scores, I'm sure. I can't think of any offhand, though. <laughs> um, but Audrey Hepburn is spectacular in it. Um, you know, even you know, she, at the same time, she's terrified, but she's also more competent and more in charge than the men. Um, sure. and she starts to figure things out and, um, uh, you know, as, uh, uh as, as people know that the, 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 names in, in the movie have resonated for me for, for, and it's just George Kennedy is great yeah. long before he became a punchline in movies like airplane and airport and all that other stuff and TV commercials for dog food or whatever he did. I don't remember <laughs> what George Kennedy do. Probably uh, every drug under pharmaceutical under the like sun. Beside an adventure, but no, I'm not. I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about like he did oh. these commercials that were awful. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but um, but it's Cow such chilly winters. But <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I just love, 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 love charade. It, it was a no-brainer. You want to hear me rattle off 900 films this week? Because <laughs> uh, you know, from the second we decided to do Audrey Hepburn. Uh, week here on the 4:30 movie i knew what my pick was it wasn't it wasn't going to be uh hard to know as I, evidenced I, by <laughs> all three of you knowing exactly the film that i picked and, and
4: leaving you space for it i mean I, I i love this movie as well like very very much it's another one that i saw for the first time on the big screen i don't know why i just kept getting lucky that way um in fact it's it's to do the uh, seven degrees of of kevin baker in this case Carrie Grant to catch a thief. I saw for the first time on the big screen, um, but uh, it's a totally terrific, beautiful movie. Um, and it's it's a strange thing to say. Like the costuming is really great, and here's how you know because I can still picture her in that red coat. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, it just, it, I tell you what, man. Like I, I wonder if it's actually possible for a costumer to do a bad job with Audrey Hepburn.
0: Um, well, I mean, work. she had the greatest French designers in the world, uh, you know, dressing her for these movies. Like, I think this was Givenchy, Gavinci. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Burgess Meredith. Yeah, yeah, Maris. yeah, yeah <laughs> Je- Jessica. Pottermaker, But, but, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> so she, she had the changed. greatest designers in the world. You know, usually yeah. doing her wardrobe. And I mean, she's so stylish. It's you know, in this movie, and obviously there's a big age disparity between her and Carrie Grant. But there's a big age disparity between her and. Mm-hmm. Her and
3: Most of her movies. Well, that was, you know, age discrepancies like that were very common until more recent years. (laughs) And who wouldn't fall in love with Cary Grant? I mean, he's, uh, I mean, uh, Cary Grant was... I I don't think I would. (laughs) Well, okay, fair enough. (laughs)
0: But uh,
3: I'm trying to remember. I think I might have seen this movie for the first time uh, at your apartment, Mark. I I feel like maybe you had some people over and we watched it on Laserdisc or something.
0: Yes, that probably Or it might have been at your house. Maybe. You know when you used to do uh because you would theme. do like buried treasures and theme weeks and stuff and you know we obviously did Planet of the Apes week um you know yeah, I which, guess which before we did there was, at night
3: before there was the 4:30 movie it was uh Steve's apartment uh <laughs> screening yeah, on, <laughs> day in, in Silver Lake right yeah. uh, because
0: we I mean we watched every, all 6 Planet of the Apes movies in one day talk about going ape yeah and uh but we you know we did a lot of these um uh, uh, you a lot know, of guilty pleasures kind of, or
3: hidden treasures or yeah. various so, themes.
0: Yeah, I, I like. I never get tired of watching this movie. Criterion yeah. put out a great uh, Blu-ray of this a couple of years ago. Um, it was an awful remake that the uh, Jonathan Demi did called The Truth About Charlie, which is not worth watching. Which I'm sad to say, but I'm a big fan of Jonathan Demi. But um, that was not one of his better films.
3: You can't improve on perfection.
0: Well, there was a time where I thought you could remake Charade with George Clooney and um, Julia Roberts um, or Catherine Zeta-Jones. But, you know, back in the 90s. But, uh, you know, now there's no one who who could no. who could be Cary Grant. And Audrey no Hepburn, it'd be like Ben Affleck and Jessica, Jennifer Lopez, and you'd be like, like "Want to shoot yourself?" <laughs> so um, <laughs> that works, you know. I mean, it's like there's no one, there's no one no, who no could one. capture the magic that they had.
4: No, I, think about that. What you just said. Think about that for a second. Like Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. Like you just does not get more iconic than that. On on other side of the, the movie, it's just. Because It, it Tom, didn't
0: even strike me until then. Tom Hanks is Jimmy Stewart, you know, give or take, right? But there is no Cary Grant. There, I mean, no George Clooney, about. people said it, but he mm-hmm. never, he, he wasn't interested in being Cary Grant. He was yeah. interested in directing. You know, he had his moments like in Out of Sight, you know, um, in Ocean's Eleven, where there's Cary Grant-ish, um, but there's no Cary. There's, there's one Archibald Leach. And then there's... Yes. uh. <laughs> you know, it was one Archie Leach, and he's in fa- uh, the uh, Wanda, but um, and yeah.
3: not, not even right. someone like Harrison Ford, because as as big a star he is, he just doesn't have that same charm. That well, Terry people Grant... have
0: compared him to Bogart. That's why it's yeah. so weird when he he was not well cast in Sabrina, right? right. Even that he was compared to Bogart. It's just the difference like...
1: is the difference is Harrison Ford doesn't
4: look like he's having fun, right?
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's True. right even when Cary he's Grant did
6: Yeah, yeah Cary that's Grant the
4: did. thing. Cary Grant has this puckishness about him, but it's also not like the Roger Moore puckishness where you feel like he's kind of sitting outside the movie. Plus, you know, Cary
0: Grant was game for anything. He would do stuff like Operation Petticoat and I was a male war bride, you know? Yeah. And then when you think about him, look at him in Gunga Din, how much fun he is in Gunga Din, yeah. you know? I mean- Again, this is another guy who could do anything. I mean, whether it's the Philadelphia story or, you know, in bringing up baby where he's like, you know, completely geeky. I mean, it was just I mean, it's just when they say they don't make him like this anymore. I mean, they don't make (laughs) him like this. Is it simply not possible? Well, Well, they they,
1: they may may make them, but they don't hire him anymore. (laughs) No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's my my pick for Thursday. Uh, Stanley and uh, Saturday oh, no. 3. This you is know, a so great, great week so far. This is, is an amazing up, week. Guys. So that brings us to Friday. The problem with
1: Friday is that there's too many good things that we can put in it.
0: Yeah. War and Peace. <laughs> no. well, See, I was I mean, that is one of them.
1: You mentioned before uh, uh, Sabrina. Yeah. yeah. Sabrina is a marvelous movie. Yes. Uh, And even though Bogey is sort of miscast, he he gives it his all. And he's very uh, it's it's very heartbroken, uh, a story for him. And it's uh, it's really well done. It's uh, it's a true uh, love story of uh, uh, missed opportunities and uh, and wrong choices.
0: And it's it's so great. And it has and, that great Billy Wilder humor, but at the absolutely. same time, it's, it's kind of dark and a little, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: And, and I, the, the remake was uh, well-intentioned, but it just didn't cut it. Yeah. And that's not
0: anyone's fault. But no, the, because, you know, Julia Among is surpass. good. Harrison yeah. Ford's good. Greg Kinnear's good. It yeah. just, Sidney Pollock was great, but yeah. it's just, it just it's doesn't. It's just not the same.
1: It's not it can't, the same. It can't capture that, that uh, uh, chemistry.
0: The alchemy is not there. Yeah. Yeah, but you know that's why I, I, you know, uh, I think it was a year or two ago. For um, we did uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas gifts, and yes. uh, the, you know, I think I gifted you with um, Terrence Young's *Wait Until Dark*, which Absolutely. is a great thriller.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Audrey Hepburn, the role you're going to remember whenever you're alone.
6: You buying it though? She's a lost did still don't
2: move. She is blind, and she is alone, with a terrible suspicion
5: growing. Glory, I know you're there.
2: You went right down the list and told me that the doll linked Sam and Mrs. Rote. And now Mrs. Roat's dead. Murdered right next door. But maybe I was wrong. That doesn't matter. If you thought that way, the police will think that way.
0: Right. I suggest that is because we've done a different genre for every day, but we haven't. Well, I guess you could say charade was a thriller, but charade has a lot of humor and romance in it as well. Wait until dark does not have romance.
1: It's it's (laughs) so it's so uh, genre splitting. Uh, It's incredibly well done. And the performances
4: are spot on. Perfect and particularly her, because so much of the weight of that movie falls on her shoulders. Um, And it asks things of her that aren't asked of her uh, in, in the other films I think that we've, that we've talked about. Um, And it just really, to me, is why I love wait until dark as the Friday pick, because I I think it just kind of completes the picture Mm. of who Audrey Hepburn was as a, as a performer and, and what she could
0: do. She was the original Riddick. (laughs) <laughs> you know in the dark she could fight i mean plus, how great is alan Ork, alan arkin and richard Crenna in that movie i gotta tell you he does pretty well <laughs> <laughs> that is Terrence young's last great movie yeah. you know because it has that kind of what he brought to from russia with love yeah. you know i mean that tight nail biter you know of a thriller you know it's so it's so great even though I don't think
1: it should be Friday, we do have to mention her last film, mm-hmm. uh, Steven Spielberg's Always, which is a remake of a movie called A Guy Named Joe. It's uh, called it Never. Never. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what it turned out to be.
0: Yeah, it's not a, good, it's not a uh, good movie.
1: It's sort of a clean miss uh, yeah. because it's uh, I don't think the casting works very well. Richard Dreyfuss is kind of goofy and... Uh,
4: yeah, and, for 10 uh, seconds there, Holly, I almost Holly Hunter for is Wednesday. And then I was like, yeah, no, no, Wednesday is no. off concept, not just sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> but Audrey,
1: Audrey Hepburn plays an angel in one scene, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's basically just there so they can say, oh, and we have Audrey Hepburn here. And also, it,
4: look, you're Steven Spielberg, and you're thinking, oh, I have a chance. I can just, I can have a scene where I get to direct Audrey Hepburn. You're goddamn yeah. right, you do. Because deep down in places, you don't like to talk about at Parties, you want Audrey Hepburn on that wall. You need (laughs)
0: Audrey (laughs) Hepburn on that wall. Well, it's funny because for those of us, you know, who liked 1941, this Uh was Spielberg's first miss. You know, he's had a bunch since then, but this was like the first time I saw a Spielberg movie and was like, that wasn't very good. And I hadn't had that experience yet because I liked 1941 and everything else he did was brilliant. So, um, It was interesting, and I've only seen it once. I saw it Christmas Day back in 1989 and never saw it again. Yeah, it's unfortunate, Uh,
1: but she uh, is still luminous, Uh, you know, not quite so well photographed as she has been before, but, you know, that's not her fault.
0: Yeah. I'm sure, Steve, you must have a bunch of... I, uh, uh, you want there's
3: one of the first Audrey Hepburn films that I remember seeing, uh, in its entirety. And, and this was on the big screen was a nun story mm. from 1959, uh, which is, uh, a, a drama directed by Fred Zinneman, uh, mm. which also stars Peter Finch. Um, I, I remember, I haven't seen it since I was in college, but I remember being, uh, pretty impressed by it at the time. Uh, and I've been meaning to, to revisit it, um, but uh you know it's uh she was nominated for an oscar for that performance and uh i remember it being a a solid movie
0: and of course there's the diary of anne frank which is an important movie but not necessarily a great movie um and uh she also what...
1: had a, a very small role in one of the ealing comedies the lavender hill mm-hmm, Mom. Mm-hmm. uh but it's it's nothing to
4: write home mm-hmm. about i like uh Roman Holiday, but in a,
1: I love in way, Roman it, Holiday.
3: It, it, it's
4: but it feels a little bit like a sketch, um, yeah, for things yeah. that she would do better elsewhere.
0: Yeah, or that, Yeah, but I almost feel change. you're not giving it its due, and I'm not saying it should be Friday. No, no, but- no, believe
4: me, I'm not. I don't want to cast aspersions on. It. I'm just saying that, like in the in the graded on the curve of like what we're talking about. Like, it doesn't feel like Friday to
0: me. But, I mean, Gregory Peck is so great in it. She's so great in it. And it's kind of one of these tropes that's been done now a million times since. But, like, this was, like, the first time the princess who wants to be a real girl for a weekend before, you know, she'll never get out of the... Castle. So she yes. wants to go see what real life is like. And then just keeps getting into more and more trouble. And it's very funny and it's very charming. And of course, there's the famous scene where Gregory Peck puts his hand and you know looks like it's being chopped off. It's like the box in Dune. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like the only <laughs> thing missing was the Betty, Pain. the Betty gestures. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> um, but it's it's a wonderful movie, but I understand the resistance to it. Um You know, I never, I had, this is another movie I need to see. Uh, I don't know if Steve's seen it. Um, Peter Bogdanovich's um, They All Laughed, which Mm -hmm. I've never seen.
3: No, I have not
0: seen it. I need to see that. They're
1: going to laugh at you. (laughs)
0: Um, Because, you know, of course, this is famously uh, one of the movies that, um, you know, his late career films that's gotten reappraised over the years. And, you know, um, I'd like to like to see it, but I haven't seen it. I don't think from what I've heard it would make this week, but uh, something we should, uh, I think it's hard to find.
3: Yeah, Yeah. that's one I would love to see if they ever did like a Bogdanovich festival somewhere Mm. at the Cinematech, but unfortunately the Cinematech seems less interested these days in... Highlighting lesser seen films and programming movies that will attract large audiences. Yeah,
0: that's why I think the you know the Academy at this point is doing more with lesser seen movies, but even they're still doing like sort of big movies. You know, that's the great thing about the New Beverly is that. you know, they, I don't know if they really care about making money, like they'll show a very eclectic stuff, but they tend yeah. to lean more for the exploitation and B movie, you know, and less of the classic classics. They, you
3: know, now that they're going to be programming the Vista Theater as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe there's more opportunity for it's more a, a, a greater variety, yeah. yeah. But
0: I could see them doing like a Peter Bogdanovich at the New Beverly, you know, and because Quentin was such a huge fan, and it really is all from his his library. So, I mean, that's why I think there are certain blind spots in that library, you know, films that he wouldn't show because he doesn't own prints of them. And, and I think they're still only showing film prints, which also limits what they can show. um, You didn't,
1: you didn't say his library had blind spots when I was looking at it.
0: (laughs) I don't see any blind spots. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I I love this wait until dark idea. As much as we all love Sabrina. I mean, I'd go we'll along f- with wait until dark. Yeah, and it just fills out the week so nicely. And I think we have to do wait wild about Wilder week because you know they, that could easily fall into a Billy Wilder week.
4: Totally. Oh yeah. Oh. I I love that. What I love most about kind of picking wait until dark is that when I think about the the lineup that we have for this week, I genuinely and this is not like fake hype bullshit. Uh, I, I genuinely think. That making that the capper would make this like truly
0: like one of the best weeks we ever picked. I agree. Great. There's no cloak and dagger. There's no. No, 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 we're all (laughs) serious. This is one of the great weeks we've done. No question. And I'm gonna watch Robin and Marion this weekend. You should. You should. You know, this is, this is a, a spectacular week. And, you know, I think for a lot of our listeners, because I know a lot of listeners have come over from the Spurts, our super popular Star Trek podcast, um, that, uh, you know, may not be familiar as familiar with the oeuvre of Audrey Hepburn, some of our younger listeners who've come to us through, through the Twitter, uh, <laughs> to Elon Musk's Twitter. Um, you really owe it to yourself. It's a real, a real treat uh, to, to look at some of these films, because I think they'll really Absolutely. take you by surprise. Um, and Audrey Hepburn, again, remarkable actress, remarkable humanitarian, and um, uh, also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we got around to doing this week, because, boy, that's a really remarkable uh, bunch of films. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, we'll be back next week with an all-new theme week. Are we going to recap? I'm getting there. Okay. We're going to be back next week with an all-new theme <laughs> week. But uh, before... <laughs> But before we do, uh, I want to recap the the movies that we've already talked about for this week. And, of course, uh, on Monday, Steve.
3: Monday is Audrey Hepburn stars in Maid Marian, opposite Sean Connery in Robin and Marian.
0: On Tuesday, Darren Dockman. One of the most
1: beloved musicals of all time, Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady.
4: On Wednesday,
0: Ashley Edward Miller.
4: And I said, what about... Breakfast at Tiffany's, 1961, Blake
0: Edwards. Awesome. On Thursday, (laughs) it's a hunt for missing millions. Well, it's actually not millions. (laughs) It's a hunt for missing money in Paris. Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant star in Charade, a most dangerous game. (laughs) And on Friday, Terrence Young and the one that started it all. No. <laughs> no. Wait, no. wait no. until dark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and of course it's sequel wait until light. Um, wait until dark was the uh was a a, a key
1: element in the game that uh, my friends and I used to play of stringing movie titles together.
0: Oh, is that uh, right?
1: We had uh talk radio days of heaven can wait until dark victory at sea of love story
0: of oh lucky man on fire starter oh that's funny well you know tcm tcm just did their uh, uh their big festival here and i i wish i had seen um warren Beatty had spoken at he- about oh. heaven can wait i would have liked to have seen that more than i would have wanted to see spielberg talk about et honestly to be honest hmm. i mean i love et but i just i feel like i've heard him talk about it like i haven't heard Warren Beatty talked much about um But the they're lies, Senator. All lies. <laughs> hey, and a very happy birthday to our favorite Star
3: Trek fan, Al Pacino.
0: Turns out oh, yes.
3: today. So congratulations wow. to Michael. The screaming owl uh, Did you want to plug your the screening series that's coming up at the Oh
0: uh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Steve. Um <laughs> so uh, apparently um we're uh, helping out at the um American Cinematheque will be doing a tribute to the films of 1982. And uh, we're going to preview some footage from our upcoming documentary about The Greatest Geek here Ever. Um, and uh, they're showing some spectacular movies, both at The Arrow and uh, that theater in... Los um, Feliz 3, Los Feliz, think. yeah. And um, really great stuff, including films that have been featured prominently on the 430 movie, like Conan the Barbarian, Fast Times, Richemont High, and many others. So, uh, Star Trek II, the, the of, of Khan. Khan. So uh, you might want to check that out. And who knows? You might even run into one of us down there or four of us. Who knows? More. Well, <laughs> you can also run into
4: <laughs> to Mark on a scooter in Las Vegas, which is awesome.
0: Cool. Oh, that's a low blow. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, <think laughs> you know, I was, I got to admit, I was a little reluctant to even uh, consider going back this year.
4: Huh. <laughs> you to see her again? Have an awkward conversation about it?
1: <laughs> pull the plug of course in the film version uh we always see mark but there's always a scooter that goes by in the background <laughs> every every shot
0: every shot it's it's
1: circling him just no, waiting I got just post-traumatic stress. The business.
0: yeah i got ptsd post-traumatic scooter syndrome oh, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, this was great as always, we want to thank Peter Holscher our archivist, Zach Raggett, uh, Dally Miscalli, producer, and uh, all of you for coming back for another great, great fantasy theme week here on the 430 movie, so until next week, on behalf of Steve, Darren, Ashley, and myself Eyewitness News starts now